Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Yo. It's the world's greatest podcast in our minds and hopefully in your minds as well. And we always answer this question and it's the question that everybody wants to know is how can you hate from outside the finals when you can't even get in? But we're not even there yet. Right now we're mm-hmm. going to talk about how can you hate from outside and you're not even the greatest player of all time. Wait, <laughs> pause. Wait, one more time. How can you even hate? When you don't even know what greatness is. That's what our topic is today. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> How can you even hate when you don't even know what greatness is? Yeah. That's our topic for the day, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to talk about mm-hmm. what makes a great basketball player. Yes. What makes a LeBron LeBron? What makes a mm-hmm. Jordan a Jordan? What right. makes a magic so magical? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. makes Pistol Pete? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what makes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Mm-hmm. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm sorry. I'm trying to yeah. think of some stuff right now. No, what it's, makes? No, it's good. It's good. That you're what makes names. Giannis it's so freaky? Later. <laughs> mm-hmm. What makes yeah. Curry a chef? <laughs> These are the questions <laughs> we want to ask right now. Huh? <laughs> I'm on a roll right now. Let me see who else I can think of. <laughs> what makes? A bird fly. There we go. What makes Wade <laughs> County? I don't know. You know, you get what I'm trying to get to. So we're just going to talk yeah. about that today. And, you know, this is a really important topic because yep. so often, and I'm, if you listen to us, you know if I've said this before, I'm just going to reiterate this because this is a very important, um, you know, analysis of where today's game is going right now. We mm-hmm. put too much emphasis on team achievements and and count those as individual achievements but we yes. but in the game of basketball it's a team sport championships is mm-hmm. a team accolade that does yes. not determine greatness because greatness is individual teams can be great together but when we talk about great player or players we're talking about individuals the lebrons the yep. jordans the magics those are individual players the kareems yeah. the um Russ, the KD, the Kyrie's, these are individual players. Take them off a team. These are the players. What makes these players great? Mm-hmm. That's individual. Scoring titles are individual. Assist records are individual. Steals records are individuals. Championships are team achievements. You can't win a championship mm-hmm. by yourself. Jordan couldn't do it without Scotty. LeBron couldn't do it without Kyrie and Kevin Love and Wade and Bosch and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Kareem couldn't do it without. Um, I'm sorry, it always escapes uh, me. Oscar and Magic. Oscar Roberson. <laughs> you couldn't do it without Oscar Roberson. Magic couldn't do it without Kareem. 
Larry Bird couldn't do it without Robert Parrish, without Kevin McHale. Kevin couldn't McHale. Couldn't do it without Tiny Archibald. They could not have done hmm. it without them. Nope. Tim Duncan could not have done it without nope. Greg Pop, Tony Manu. Parker, David Robinson, Manu. Yeah. Kawhi could not have done it without that. Kawhi couldn't have done it without Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Ka- no. Kawhi was the only star on that team. Without Pascal a doubt. was really important on that team. Pa- exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, Kawhi was like the most important person on that team without a doubt. That's without a doubt. Right? The only star. But he couldn't have done it without Kyle Lowry, without Fred Van Vliet, without Pascal Siakam. Couldn't have done it without Nick Nurse. These are team achievements. We're talking about the individual. What makes these players great? Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I think that this is a perfect intro. I'm just going to hand it off to Jason. Because I know he's been burning with this topic. This is something he's probably been thinking about for a long time. So I'm going to hand it off to him. And we're going to have this discussion. And, you know, once we post this, if you guys want to reach out to us and, like, have this discussion with us, I'm all open for it. Because mm. these are what makes these individuals great. Not the teams. Yeah. The individual. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, you know, the point of this is whenever you whenever you want to try to figure out the equation of greatness, you have to, I feel like there has to be some common understanding. And I feel like it only comes with knowledge. Because somebody's opinion might be different than mine and Chris's. But if there wasn't, a correct way of viewing basketball then we wouldn't have anybody that wins championships we mm-hmm. wouldn't have mvps we wouldn't have um things that you can see from championship teams and give you consistency to learn what makes them dominant and what makes them great their passing defense teamwork camaraderie okay players that emulate those type of things probably are worth more right it comes down to impact okay when you're determining impact what's more valuable than other things and it's important to think about those things because there is definite answers to those questions there's definite answers to greatness being able to be able to be an equation i guess you could say there is ways to figure that out some players have do some things that aren't as equatable to greatness and actually winning games because the point of determining who's the greater player is not about oh we're gonna have three on three tournament who's the best go give us a bucket guy that doesn't equate to rings if that did the mellow would have done more in the in the east when he was really cooking with the knicks he would have done more but yeah. that man doesn't defend that doesn't pass that man doesn't rebound that man's everything's a tough shot. He's forcing up shots a lot. He doesn't inspire his teammates. He's not a leader. No wing, no winning. No winning. Right? He might be a great scorer, might be great in your blacktop, but he doesn't equate to greatness as much. It's about equating the greatness. Who equates to winning more who impacts winning at the highest level more because there's some players that impact with winning out of the regular season yeah sure but when the lights are on in the nba playoffs it's when things really matter can they do it some people don't have that some people don't and i i think that it's important for us to talk about this because There's some arguments that get made for players that should never be in the GOAT talk, like Kobe Bryant. 
Kobe Bryant, you have to understand that Kobe being Bryant is one never going to be better than Michael Jordan ever because of athletic gifts. But we'll get to that later. Kobe's not a great passer. Kobe, everything's a tough shot. He doesn't inspire his team. He inspires his teammates to be like really hard, hard ass on his teammates. Yeah, sure. But he doesn't improve his teammates with his passing ability. He has his weaknesses. He's not a great three-point shooter. He has his weaknesses. Weaknesses. He's not better than Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, players like that who uplift teammates. You have to understand, if that wasn't the truth, then why do all the players that uplift their teammates always go so much farther than what people expect? If we would have said, hey, Chris, in the next, in a decade, LeBron James is going to go to the NBA Finals nine out of ten times, you would have been no way not possible because you didn't understand basketball to understand why he can equate to greatness so much that is overachieving your expectations larry bird larry bird only had kevin McHale and robert parish like larry bird had a really great run where he was doing things that were more than expectations in the 80s like there's very much a common theme because people don't understand the equation of greatness to basketball. It's a very complex thing, but it can be explained very easily. And it'll allow you to understand what players are truly great, what players are really, really, really special, and what players are overrated and don't equate to winning basketball as much as you think. Right, so that's this is this is the conversation that we're going to be having, and it's going to come down to a lot of things. And it's, it's about discovering what things are really important, what things are way more valuable than other things. And I feel like this is going to be a great conversation we're going to have today. We're going to bring up multiple points. I mean, a few of them that I know off the top of my head is scoring, rebounding, defending. How valuable is passing? How valuable is athletic gifts? Mm -hmm. There is there certain fear factor that gets put in by players like Michael Jordan putting fear into everybody else in the 90s because of his gifts and his abilities. How much is that factored in? How much is leadership factored in? Okay, so then we, after we talk about all these things, because there's a counter-argument to every argument. Like I said before, scoring may not be the most valuable thing if Melo isn't as valuable as he should be just because he's a scorer, right? Just because you can score doesn't mean you're great. Just because you score doesn't mean that you're as valuable as the points per game number that you have on your stat sheet, right? So... You, we want to open up your guys' mind to think about the game of basketball a little bit more in depth so you can understand why when we say LeBron James is this great, Giannis is the, that guy is way beyond everybody else in the NBA right now. It's He's in his own league. So you guys can understand it better. So... Is there like a certain area or player that you want to talk about first, Chris? Because there's just so many different there's so many different things that we're gonna hit and talk about today. It's gonna be fun. So I wanted to see where you want to start off with. First things first, I I wanted to just kind of quickly rebuttal your Kobe Bryant thing. I know we've normally have like normally the pretty much the same thoughts about this, but uh -huh. one thing I will say is that that's kind of been 
something that's followed Kobe throughout his career is that oh he does he doesn't play well with others. It's a me game for him. But I kind of disagree with that. I believe maybe in the beginning it was, and that's kind of the narrative that was played off the fact that he that Shaq left and Shaq was like Kobe don't pass the ball. I'm trying to just be a little bit funny right there, trying to mock him a little bit. I respect Shaq with everything. Please don't step on me. <laughs> um, mm. It's just that kind of narrative just kind of followed him, and I don't believe that that's quite correct because if they if these are if what I'm saying is true, right in the beginning when I said that championships are a team accolade there has to be some form of inspiration from the star player to the rest to the supporting cast there has to be some form of you guys we have to go out here and win every night you know put it on my back but i'm also leaning on you jordan couldn't do it without steve kerr steve kerr hit the shot Mm -hmm. yeah you know what i mean like yeah i think in that in that sense i think that's just a bad narrative that start following him so i really don't want to say that you know he didn't equate to winning you know his way because five rings shows that he was a team player in some aspect yeah i can i can understand where you're coming from from that i guess i was just saying i've heard people say him top three all time top five all time and that's where i just want to draw the line because i mean like kareem larry bird magic we'll explain why in the podcast Mm -hmm. but there should be a line there between him and those those kind of players in my opinion which will again we'll explain in the podcast but yeah i feel like i was just fighting against the top three stuff because a lot of people from our age group don't go back and watch old old basketball and they only only have heard mj kobe shaq lebron i'm like okay i'll just put them all top four like they, no they're not all top four yeah <laughs> you know what i mean there's differences uh so that's where i was going with i could see where you're coming from yeah, I completely understand that as well. Now that I'm glad that we had this conversation because it's like I was mm. wanting to get in your mind and see exactly where you were coming from. But I also yeah. wanted to cool. say that, you know, some people there are people out there and I know we're going to get into our topic in a second. I just have a couple things. Just mm. I know there are some people out there who have said that the players now have pushed past some of those greats. And I'm like, I don't think they're there yet. I think they're inching no. closer, but they're not there yet. I wouldn't put, I wouldn't take somebody currently and throw them above like Magic, throw them above Bird, mm. throw them above Shaq, throw them above Kobe. I wouldn't do that right now. Those guys, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't throw them above Jordan. Like the only person who yeah. I would, who's playing right now, who I will put in this conversation is LeBron. Other than that, everybody else is like they're on the outside looking in, but they're encroaching yeah. on this list. Is what I'm getting. At. I think Giannis is definitely on the definitely a description of that, where he's on the outside looking in, encroaching on the list. Yeah, it's like we're talking. I feel like he's he's close to Hakeem right now in my ranking, which is mentally of where yeah. Giannis is. You know, and it's but we're we're gonna talk about it. It's a lot of fun. This is gonna be a great podcast. This is I can already feel it. it's in the air. Yeah. Um, um so do you want me to lead into a category or do you want to talk about a category first one thing that's been on my mind a lot because i'm gonna go ahead and okay. start this i'm just gonna start it one thing that's been on my go. mind a lot is that i think that a very important component of what makes a great player a great player in any sport is mindset mm-hmm. okay mindset 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 we talk about it all the time he has a high iq high basketball iq high sports iq high this high this it's mindset these are the type of players that 
prepare on an otherworldly yeah. level. Remember LeBron yes. was like he was playing the he was he was in the middle of a game, he was telling the guy how to run his own play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm talking Man's about. Computer. It's the it's the mindset. The yeah. you don't think that how much film is being watched, how much game is being played, how much time are yeah. you putting in day after day after day when the cameras are no longer rolling how much time are you putting in to hone your craft the great players don't yeah. aren't born great they earn their greatness they yeah. put the time in every day yes they are given some god-given physical Athletic otherworldly gifts, gifts. Yeah. otherworldly mm-hmm. gifts the, they are given these gifts they're born with this but that only gets you but so far a good what example is this of that like? is gerald green Gerald Green yeah. had all the gifts. All the didn't, gifts. Didn't get it. He, he's a bench guy. What is this like? What mm-hmm. is your mind like? Yeah. Yes, we could say that, you know, Jordan, he was like, he was threatening to fight his teammates and stuff like that, but that was his mindset. He had a, yep. ne- he had a, he had a never die, never lose, never quit attitude, and he wanted that out of everybody in the locker room. Yes. Mm-hmm. What is your mind like? Mm-hmm. Tap into this. If you want to be a great player, we have to know what you what you think on a daily basis. What do you do? How yeah. do you prepare? Yeah. How do you prepare to play the game every day? Yeah. This is why I think me personally. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think it's very obvious when we see somebody with the right mindsets because every year they grow, they mm-hmm. get better, they impact winning more. Look at Giannis. Giannis is a completely different player since when yeah. he was a rookie. He didn't have anything that he has now. That's all from a mindset. That's all from great work ethic. I mean, MJ is a great example of that. LeBron is correct. I mean, Magic. Magic's a great mindset, great basketball IQ. So is Bird. You know, these guys, I mean, Larry Bird was known for, like, running up and down the stadium, like, the stairs of the stadium, like, pre-games and stuff like that. Like, these, these guys are different. They're different. They're different breeds. These these high high Kobe is a guy like that where he sucked every ounce of his talent through just sheer hard work. Um, I mean, Kareem's like that as well, where he was really one of the first few guys to really take uh, workouts and training extremely seriously in the NBA because he was. I remember reading his book and he learned it from UCLA when John Wooden was his co- coach. So John Wooden. Yeah, I mean, even Bill Russell took things very seriously. Um, you know, these guys, these guys are just special winners. So I completely want to support that argument that you have. And, and then think about it this way. Kobe, one of the greatest hard worker to ever lace up a pair of shoes. Yeah, Mind is on a thousand. Think about this for a second. Yeah. This man had the foresight to say, I'm going to train my left hand. So if I ever can't use my right hand, I can still dominate. Remember that game? Yeah, yeah. He hurt yeah. his right He's, hand, couldn't he, shoot with his right hand, and he did everything with his left. Still giving buckets. Still, still giving, giving buckets. Bucket. How prepared are Crazy. you? What is your mindset like? <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about no shade, but I don't see it. We're not talking about Ben Simmons right now. Oh, no. What's his mindset like? We're not talking about... It's a lot of guys. Um, who else can I think of real quick off the top of my head? Because my mind's going right now. I'm flowing. Um, <laughs> give me somebody. 
I'm trying. Ah, it's going. It's just, ah, never mind. It's, it's skipping. If it comes back, it comes back. What's your mind like? What? How are you? How are you preparing to play the game? Is your mind on yeah. greatness? Like these players, Kobe, left-handed, gave buckets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember, he hurt his leg. Yeah, and could and shot a free throw and knocked it down and went back to the bench. It was like, ah, man, I can't do it. What's your mind like? Yeah. Isaiah Thomas had a leg injury, bleeding from the side of his head. That's a dog. That's what makes yeah. players great. It's your mindset. He won that game. He was like, mm-hmm. I don't care what it takes. I'm not going to lose. That's what separates the great players from the good players, from the okay players, from the players that don't even make it. Yeah. It's your mindset. Because when you have a great mindset, you would work and work and work. You're not going to accept, oh, I'm coming off the bench. You're not going to accept that. You're going to work until you become that player. There's all, Everybody has a ceiling, but you can work. Kobe's a prime example of that. He worked. His mindset was different. That's what makes him mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I think I, nobody else. Uh, right <laughs> yeah, me either. I think of oh Anthony Davis. Anthony. There Davis. it is, Anthony Davis. You Man mind? Doesn't touch a basketball for like two months. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Anthony Davis. I see the physical gifts, but I feel that you don't prepare. That's what's going to separate you. We can't, I'm not, every, a couple years ago, we was like, oh, yeah, he's top five. He's going to take over from LeBron. We don't see that no more. What's your mindset like? What's going on up here? Did mm-hmm. you, did, did it cut off upstairs when you won a championship ring? Where's that Anthony Davis at? Yeah, you get injured. Sure. But have you tapped into the mind of LeBron James yet? LeBron went years. The Iron Man of the league didn't miss a game. I mean, he missed games. He didn't have an injury that kept him sidelined. Years. Have you tapped in with him and figured out what his mind is like? What's the resources that you've used? You injured every other, I mean, every year, every couple months during the season, you're gone for months at a time. Yo, pinky hurt. My thumb broke. Can't play basketball. How are you working out? What is your mind like? Do you have the mindset to be a great player? Because we see the gifts. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. proven. We've seen what you For did sure. in New Orleans. We've seen what you did in your first year with LA. But now it's the second and third year. Fourth year. You, this is your fourth year in LA you've got to go on to. What have you done since? What's your mind like? That's what's going to separate you. If you want to be top five and consider top five and stop having people shit on you all the time and call you street clothes, tap into this. What's your mind like? Okay. <laughs> all right. I feel like a really natural segue from this topic is passing. Improving to your teammates. So... This is a topic that really in value 
is completely underrealized. Because there are different tiers of passing. There's different types of passers. There's some passers that are like Russell Westbrook, where they might have great assist numbers. But it's mostly from collapsing defenses. It's not from, man, everything I do makes everything easier for my teammates. I'm just highly, high great basketball IQ. Every pass I make is just amazing. I manipulate the game, the defenses. You know, that was more of a, a system assists. It wasn't greatness assists. It wasn't my mind is just so ridiculously high. Everything's perfectly executed. It was a little gimmicky. A little gimmicky, mm-hmm. uh, Russell Westbrook stats. Wasn't overly impactful on winning. We have to talk about some great players that have been amazing and should be equated more highly because of it and why certain players should be higher than other players. So, you know, a few players, first things first, is LeBron James. LeBron James is the prime example. LeBron James is a computer. Yeah, he may never have led the league in assists, but it should not matter because the man's dropping, what, 30 a game, right? He, he's not Chris Paul where he's his most of his stuff is from passing. Mm-hmm. You have to understand is when he manipulates the defense to such an extreme level like he's able to do, it makes everything easier for his teammates. Whatever the 100% version of J.R. Smith is, that's what it's going to be. Whatever the 100% version of Kyle Korver was, it's what that was going to be. Whatever the 100% version of Tristan Thompson, Anthony Davis, Chris Bosh was going to be, that's what it was. You have to understand that there's an extreme value of elevating your teammates to a different standing and a different level that they would not have been in without you. And if you don't believe me that it is like that, then try to explain to me why the Cavs had two number one picks without LeBron there. Try to explain to me why they couldn't win without him. Try to explain to me why when he left the Miami Heat, you never heard anything about the Miami Heat again. I mean, Chris Bosh got hurt pretty quickly after and had that heart issue, but you know, it's about his ability to uplift everybody. The mm-hmm. team without him is nothing compared to what it is with him. That's true. You have to understand that that's how he got to so many finals and lost because his teams weren't that as good as his opponents. Who cares about rings? Rings don't matter when we're talking about individual greatness. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is what we're talking about is with passing is you have to equate it to an extremely high level. I'd much rather have somebody that's averaging 22, 8, and 6, and 8 being the passing and really manipulating defenses. And I'd rather have them the 28 points per game player. And I have a prime example of this. I would much rather have Scottie Pippen than Carmelo Anthony because I just completely described both of those players. Yeah. Scottie Pippen was an amazing defender. Scottie Pippen was an amazing attacker of the basket. Scottie Pippen was a before his time point forward. Like he was legitimately, he went, even when he was on the Olympics, they had point guards. They had John Stockton. He led the Olympics in assists. Led the Olympics in assists when they had the dream team. 
he was a great basketball IQ player, and he has six rings. You know Michael Jordan had how many rings Michael Jordan had before Scotty zero. Now I'm not saying Michael Jordan is a great player because we'll get to him right, but this is about guys like Scotty Pippen that improve everything. Yeah, and why? I would much rather have Scottie Pippen than Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, you might look at the stat sheet. You might not know much about basketball and see 28 points per game versus 22. I'd much rather have Melo. Well, you're fucking stupid. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) Because Melo is not equating to winning. It's very, very easy to see because everything's making easier by Scottie Pippen. And if you don't understand me, then why when Michael Jordan was out of... Off the team, did they go to the Eastern Conference Finals and almost go to the NBA Finals and lose to the Knicks? Yeah. Why did they win like 55, 56 games? Hello? Scottie Pippen was the best player on the team. He led the winning in the East. Yeah. Melo ever go to the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, No. No. No? No. Never? Mello had Allen Iverson averaging like 26-27 with the Nuggets. Mello had J.R. Smith, who was crazy. Like, the man was 14-15 points per game of ridiculousness. And Mon Shumpert. Chauncey Billups. Like, those Denver Nuggets teams weren't that bad. Like, but you have to understand that Mello might be a great scorer, yes. But passing is more important than scoring. Because it's making everything everybody easier for everybody else. And you have to be able to Kuwait that. Because Scottie Pippen is better than Melo. He's better. But you wouldn't understand that if you don't understand the value of passing. Because the value of passing is this. Look at the player teams that have won the last 40 years. They all are good passers. They either have a great passer and think, oh, we had Larry Bird. And he covers our passing. We had a great point guard like Bob Cousy. We have great passing. More like the Warriors now, where would you have Draymond Green? We have great passing. LeBron James, yeah. great passing. Giannis, great passing. Tony pa- yeah. San Antonio Spurs, they had a system that involved great passing with Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. They might well, have I mean, had a great yes, but it was they they made up for not having a great point guard that was Tony Parker's a good passer, but he wasn't like John Stockton or something like that. They made up with with ball movement. Exactly, mm-hmm. it leads to winning because it's infectious. It makes everything easier for everybody else, and their confidence is higher. So you know what they do? They play harder on defense. They play harder. They dive for balls. They feel like they're winning. They're feeling like they're involved. The 12th guy on the bench feels involved. Yeah. Passing, because it's infectious, because it leads to winning. It's been leading to winning since the beginning of basketball. I mean, the Boston Celtics, go watch the Boston Celtics in the 60s. They were running offense and running motion offenses. Players are coming off screens and passing. They had Bob Cousy. Bill Russell was a good passer. Like, passing has always equated to winning. But for some people that just don't know basketball that in depth, they'll just look at scoring. Scoring, 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 scoring. Points per game, points per game, points per game. It -hmm. does not make as much of a difference. Look at Jimmy Butler. Is Jimmy Butler only great because he he really pops off in the playoffs and scores well? No, Jimmy Butler is more great than what you think because he passes the ball really well as well. Mm-hmm. Before he got to Miami, he wasn't as great at that. But when he got to Miami, something clicked for him, and he really elevates teammates. Really, at a high, high, high level. I mean, guys like Magic versus Kobe. 
Why is Magic Johnson better for Kobe? Magic Johnson never averaged more than 25 points per game. Magic Johnson is the greatest elevator of other players ever. Greatest passer of all time. The man could score, yes, but he's not as good of a scorer as Kobe Bryant. You know, Kobe's probably a better defender. You know, Magic's the better rebounder. Okay, why, Jason? Because, one, the scoring's not too far off where it's not like he's averaging 16 points per game. He's averaging like 22-23. But you have to watch him play. The man elevates everybody else around him to such an extreme degree that his impact on the game of basketball is higher than a guy like Kobe. Because Kobe's not doing that. Not to that extreme of a degree. And there are degrees to how much somebody impacts a basketball game through passing and their elevation of teammates. And there's some people that are way greater than everybody else at it. Like Larry Bird. Larry Bird was a great passer. High basketball IQ. Elevates teammates. That's why he's above Kobe as well. Because Larry Bird averages 27, 28, 29 points per game. The scoring's very close between. Like, a pure scoring debate between Kobe and Bird is close. Really close. But the passing ability of Larry Bird puts him way above him. So you have to understand these things because they really matter. Because if they didn't equate to winning, then we wouldn't have such a ridiculously long track record of being able to show you that you're wrong. Okay? <laughs> Look yeah. at the... Look, the Bulls had a triangle offense that involved movement and passing. The 80s, dominated by Bird and Magic. Passing. <laughs> like, yeah. like, the 70s had a lot of guys that would always oh, win this year, always oh, win this year. But most of those guys had guys like the Boston Celtics had... Um, Oh, dear goodness. Dave Cowens was a really good passer. JoJo White was a point guard who won the NBA Finals MVP. Great passer. The Bill Walton won, won a ring in the 70s. Great passer before his time at the center position. Like, you guys have to understand that there's an extreme correlation between Pat Oscar Robinson won a ring with Kareem as well in the 70s. Extreme correlation between passing and great ball movement and great uplifting of teammates and winning championships and you have to equate how good of a passer somebody is and how much they elevate their teammates to equate how great somebody is and it should be viewed weighed heavily much more than it currently is much much more so that's my take on passing so i wanted to see what you think about it so i want to take it a step further because as you're talking my mind gets to going right Right. So the first thing I'm going to say is that passing is a very important quality when it comes to great players because, once again, it's being prepared for that moment. Passing does something to the people around you. When you pass the ball, it builds a sense of trust. Mm. Oh, he's the guy, but he trusts me enough to, to take this shot, to yep. get put points on the board. He has a faith in my abilities. So it becomes psych psychological not only for the star, but for the role player as well. I'm going to just throw a quick, you know, kind of a, just an example, right? So, we're nowhere near on the level of any NBA player, right? Nope. But Jason had an understanding of the psychology of basketball, right? When we played, when we played in the gym, Jay, answer me this. What was one thing you knew we had to do if we were on the same team? What was one thing you knew you had to do? <laughs> if I... There is if we meet you on the same team, there's only one thing you knew you had to do. <laughs> what is that one thing? Go ahead, say it. 
I I needed to pass the ball ball to Chris because if you don't pass the ball to Chris, he doesn't try on defense, and when he tries on defense, he really is good. There we go. <laughs> Trust. It's the psycholo- <laughs> It's the psychology of it. Mm-hmm. You have to understand your personnel. There's an understanding. I'm pretty sure there's some guys out there who's like, you know what? Listen, if I they are on the highest level, but I'm pretty sure they have some form of that mindset where it's like, if mm-hmm. I don't touch the ball. If I'm not making an impact, if I don't feel like I'm getting enough touches, I'm not going to mm. do what I'm supposed to do. Wouldn't be surprised there's, if PJ Tucker's that kind of guy. There has to be that level. Of, there's that level of player. It definitely is. Yeah. And that's where it comes down to the psychology of passing and why this this particular you know asset of a great player is so important because it builds the trust within the team. Yeah. The championships are a team accolade. This yeah. builds that trust that so you can get your team going. This is how you know that yeah. you're making the team better. This is what really yeah. making the team better is. When we say mm-hmm. we elevate that, when we say LeBron elevates the team, he gets the team to trust him and he trusts his team. When yeah. we say that Larry Bird makes the team better, he got the team to trust him and they trusted him and he trusted his team. This is what that means. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what that means. This is just this is just definitely just a piggyback off completely what you said because you summed it all the way up. This is exactly just what that means. It just means that they were able to build a certain level of trust within their teammates, that they trusted them in those big moments, and they knew that if it came down to it, I knew he trusted me in that big moment. Why do you think Steve Kerr was able to take that shot? Trust. Trust. Mm -hmm. That's elevating the team. They say you elevate the team, but your team just trusts you. Mm -hmm. You you think that, I mean, Steve Kerr had to be a seer to believe it. That Curry mm. can make these shots. He be, he he's and he has so much trust in Curry that Curry shoots wherever he wants on the floor, and he don't even call it a bad shot anymore. Nope. <laughs> trust. You yeah. think that his? You think that if it was just some random guy on the floor and he's pulling up from half court and stuff like that, even if he misses it, it's okay. Yeah. It's trust. His Steph Curry's team trusts him, and he trusts the team. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> so, is there anything else you want to say? No, no, no. We can move on. Okay, so there's a few topics that are still uh, up in the air to be taken. Uh, there's athletic dominance. There's tough shot making. Uh, defense. Um, those are the three main topics. And rebounding, I guess. Rebounding. Okay, just wherever you want to go. Wherever I want to go? Okay. Wherever you want to go. Easy. I've been thinking about this. So, we're going to talk about athleticus. All right. So, athletic dominance is important to understand when you're doing your equation of greatness. Now, there are some rare cases, like Luka Doncic, Larry Bird, where they have no athletic greatness. None. I guess athletic greatness and height, but they have no athletic greatness, but their skill is so ridiculously overpowered that they overcome those things. It's very rare, but when you're doing the equation of greatness, you have to be able to visualize why a guy, there's multiple guys that fit in this category. There's like so many because we are basketball addicts. We really know, but. Like a David Thompson. Um, David Thompson's an example of that, yeah. But I guess the first player I want to talk about is very obvious is MJ. Oh, yeah. Why MJ is great. I mean, you have to talk about 
and understand athletic dominance allows a player to do some things that are absolutely unstoppable and no no matter what you do and where they just have something in them athletically that's just oh they can do x y and z too but once they do that <laughs> shit i can't do anything <laughs> right mm-hmm. okay and mj's is once he leaves his feet Oh shit, I can't do anything because his athletic greatness is yeah, he has great speed, quickness. I mean, he's the most athletically gifted 6'6 player ever. Pound per pound, he might be the most athletically gifted player of all time. Uh, what he does is ridiculous. He's not like an overly strong player, but he has enough strength to get by in the 90s. Um, you know, his ability to be quick for stepped, to have great vertical athleticism great quicks all of that is amazing but his trump card and his amazingness comes down to one thing and one thing only in my opinion and that's when he's in the air he does something that nobody else has done before nobody else has done assist to since then to an extreme degree like him which is the body control his ability to shift his body like, there is some magical forces controlling him, allows him to overcome everything. Oh, I, Yao Ming's at the ring, doesn't matter, he's gonna do a 360 spin and just throw it off the window. Oh, you know, there's two people at the ring, well, he's gonna fade back while jumping forward in midair and put it off the glass. Oh, there's three people on the rim, uh, doesn't matter, he's gonna pull something out of his ass and finish around the rim and make it look like it was easy. He makes that look easy, okay? Because that dominance makes puts fear into his opponent's heart. Because it's about, don't let him get to the rim. Why do you think his mid-range games is so gosh darn effective? Because they had to play with fear of, okay, I mean, I, he's really good at the mid-range, but what am I going to do if I step up and I get really into him? He's just going to step around me and my center's not going to be able to do anything. Nothing can't do anything because mj is ridiculous in mid-air and is so overpowered that it allows his greatness to be greater you have to understand that that greatness and that dominance of a single aspect of the game of basketball where it's just no matter what you do you can't stop it has to increase the greatness of a player because there's levels to it. there's a few players that are in that tier Shaq. Shaq's in the tier with strength, pure strength. He gets the ball near the rim. I don't care if you bring out five players. He's dunking on them. It's just force. It's just body control. It's like, right? He doesn't even have like more than probably six to seven post moves. Doesn't have more than, he can't shoot the basketball outside of eight feet around the rim, but it doesn't matter. Okay. He catches the ball. I'm big. I'm strong. I'm, you can't do anything with him. He's got smooth feet. Dominance athletic dominance to an extreme degree we have to factor it into his greatness that's why i think he's better than a guy like kareem that's why i think he's better than guys like bill russell hakeem i think he's better than kobe because his greatness is just so ridiculously overpowered that defenses have to do so many things to try to stop it lebron james what does everybody talk about once he jumps off that left leg, everybody talks about his one-legged jump is ridiculous. Where he jumps off that left leg, one-legged jump. I've heard the Detroit Pistons talk about it in like 2007 or something. I've heard in some sort of interview. Like somebody, I think it was Tashawn Prince or Tarion Prince, where he jumps off yeah, that Tyshawn one Prince. left. 
Yeah, Taishon Prince. He jumps off that left leg, and apparently it's like a go-go stick, and it's just one leg, and he jumps like somebody trying to, you know, it's just ridiculous. And once he gets off his feet, nothing you can do because of strength and force, and he's like, you know, he's he's like the middle linebacker of the the football, a basketball world. He's got that great strength and straight speed combo where it's like ridiculous what you have to deal with. And once he puts his shoulder into you, it's over, right? And then everything else comes from that. Then this is passing ability. He's able to dice you up after that. Oh, we don't want to let LeBron James get the rim. We have to overplay and overhelp. What are we going to do? Oh, my gosh. We can't do anything. Look at Giannis. Giannis can't shoot a three-point shot. Doesn't matter? No, because once he gets near the rim, it's like, uh, he's so tall, he's so strong, he's so fast, he's so athletic. What are we going to do? Nothing. You have to factor that into his greatness. Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain, 7-1, great speed, quickness, athleticism. Once he gets near the rim, you can't do anything. You have to factor that into the greatness. Because the reason why... This is so important is because that will never go into the stat sheet and the way it disrupts defenses because it makes everything they do overplay to try to stop whatever you're great at, right? Look at Steph Curry. We have people double teaming Steph Curry, three-point line, all these type of things to try to stop him from shooting from the half-court line. And defenses get all, you know, jumbled up because of that. And it's unstoppable. You have to be able this athletic dominance to an extremely high degree of somebody doing something that's unstoppable has to be factored into why they're such great players. There's certain players that do it much more greater than others, like Shaq, LeBron, MJ, where they're in the Giannis, where they're in the tier of their own of just ridiculous dominance and will. You know, guys like Zach Levine or you know players like that that might be lower down the tier of that. But you still have to factor then why they're so great. And athletic dominance is a real thing that you just can't do anything about it. So I want to see what you think about that. No, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Athletic dominance is definitely a big component of a great player. Um, but not all great players. There's only a few, like you said, like, you know, who have true athletic dominance, like the Shaqs, the LeBrons, you know what I mean? You know, Bird didn't have nothing like that. Magic no. didn't have nothing like that. David Robinson, the Admiral, has something like that. You yeah. know, those players, when they mm. take off, it's something crazy. And it's like nothing yeah. you can do about it. Michael Jordan, nope. like you said, he, he has the ability to contort his body in ways. And they were saying that, oh, what's his name? Elgin Baylor was the first person to do this. And eh, I think more of Dr. J, David Thompson yeah. really led up to what Jordan is. It, mm-hmm. it became, you know, so his concern in the air. I mean, you see him do all kinds of crazy stuff with his body because mm-hmm. once he do, goes in the air. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's like he's just up there for 10 minutes. You just wait for him to come back down. It's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. And then here's another thing. Athletic dominance is such a strength. We're going to talk about Shaq, LeBron, you know, Giannis. These are those players who, like, if they're coming at you full speed, the only thing you want to do is get out the way. You don't want to get hurt. That's 6'9", 250 yeah. if it's LeBron. That's like 7'11", mm-hmm. I mean, like 250 coming at you if it's Giannis. And <laughs> heck, if you got Shaq coming at you, that's 350 pounds <laughs> coming at you. You out the way. Because what's, yep. what's going to happen? All you're going to do is just bounce off. It's like LeBron don't get hurt for real. How many times yeah. every shot that LeBron makes in the hole – I mean that makes that make, he makes layups. You know, what I mean when he's driving down, he's driving the basketball to the to the hole. Every time he goes up, it's a foul. Yeah. But it, he's so strong, it doesn't even affect him. Yeah. He and the the ref stop calling it. Like they call it very rarely, but every time he goes to the hole, it's a foul. Every yeah. single time. Why is it a foul? It's because he's so strong that they have to do everything in their power to try to stop him from scoring, and it still mm-hmm. doesn't work. How many yeah. times have we seen him? Double clutch the basketball, get fouled, and the ball still goes in. And he raises his elbow like this. It yep. flexes a muscle. Power. And walks away like nothing. Power. How many times have we seen Shaq get the ball down low? He got a mic. Everybody to him is a mighty mouse. <laughs> got a mighty mouse on him. He turns around. Oh, barbecue chicken. Dunks on him. Yep. And goes back Can't the other way. Anything. Can't do nothing about it. Nope. You can't even stop that. Even if you push him, you can't stop it. No, Giannis. We seen Giannis take souls. Pause. <laughs> uh, no. When he was running down the court, he's coming at you. That's seven, like six eleven, seven foot, probably 200, 300 pounds, muscle jacked, coming at yep. you full speed, and all he gonna do is run, jump, dunk. That's what I used to call him a couple years ago. Giannis run, jump, dunk, Antetokounmpo. That's all he did: run, jump, and dunk. Yeah, but you can't stop it. Nope. Dominance athletically. He jumped over, what was it, Tim Hardaway Jr.? Yeah. I think it was Tim Hardaway Jr. A lot of bodies. He's got a lot of bodies. He jumped over him, like literally coming down and jumped over him like he was nothing in in the game. I think it was Tim Hardaway Jr., if I'm not mistaken. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Crazy. It's the athletic gifts that these greats possess. There's nothing you could do about it, and that's what makes Mm -hmm. them dominant. That's what makes them great. Not everybody who is athletically gifted is going to be great. But these players have been able to take that and factor it into their greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you have anything else you want to say? Mm, we can move on. All right. So the next one is tough shot making. Mm. So not every, not everybody's ability to score is similar. And its effect on the NBA basketball game. So, what I mean by that is, let's say, for example, you know, I'm sure you're going to enjoy tearing down my guy named James Harden. Let's say, for example, a lot of the things that James Harden does in the regular season were system based, mm-hmm. right? He's manipulating the offense, defense, yeah, all those type of things, but not everything he was doing was a tough shot. It was more like, imposing trying to you know get around to get foul calls and he gets in the playoffs and they call less fouls and he's less effective 
there is an extreme value in guys' ability to hit tough shots because when you're hitting a tough shot, what that means is is you're not trying to draw a foul call. You're hitting a shot that the other person just can't block. Look at Kobe Bryant. Look at his footwork. Everything he shot was a tough shot. Everything. Everything in the mid-range was off-ball, off-balance, in the air, fadeaways, moving one way, moving the other. How many times did you see Kobe Bryant coming off an all-ball, off-ball screen and just getting, like, wide-open looks? Just like, oh, this is an easy shot, you know what I mean? Like, no, right? No. That's why these these type of players are so much more valuable because of their ability to hit tough shots. So Larry Bird? Larry Bird couldn't move. The man barely could move, okay? Standing from one spot, he's going to shoot with his awkward form. He's going to shoot it over you. And there's nothing you can do because they're all tough shots. Who's shooting like that? Like, who? who's, yeah. you know, how do you, what are you going to do about it? Ability to hit tough shots is extremely valuable that leads to real value in the playoffs because you can't do anything about it. There's no scheme that you can run. Look at Steph Curry. Look at Steph Curry's ability to hit extremely tough shots. I don't care if it's the playoffs. I don't care if it's the regular season. I don't care if it's preseason. I don't care if they're playing against Mexico. He's going to hit it, okay? He's going to hit these extremely ridiculously tough shots from the th- deep three-point line. And it has so much value because you can't block it. You can't do anything about it. You can't. You uh, What are you going to do? you got to blitz him, throw two people at him against at the volleyball line? Okay, well, then he's going to cut to the basket when he gets rid of the ball and he's going to be wide open to the rim or he's going to kick it to the corner from collapsing the defense. Like, it's just, what are you doing? Because that has so much extreme value because the defense has to overplay to stop it or they just can't stop it and you're dropping 50 that night. It's it's You have to choose between one or the other. KD's a guy like that. KD's a guy that's just tough shots, nothing you can do about it. I don't care. He's going to hit it in your face. Right. There is extreme. You have to really be able to value this as well with your equations of greatness. I mean, Kareem, nobody's doing anything about those sky hooks. Uh, Only guy that could block him was Wilt. Is extreme, definite, diff, difficult, tough shots. The man in the 80s when he was slowing down athletically with magic, he was still extremely valuable because the man could hit those tough shots at an extremely high clip. Right. Real value have to equate that with their greatness, and you know that's something I definitely want to talk about because not everybody's ability to score is equates to the game and the way they manipulate defenses equally. And guys who hit tough shots like that are more important, more valuable. That's what I'm thinking. What do you What do you think about that? I think oh, Kyrie Irving is a great example of that as well. Kyrie Irving is a great example of that. He's a magician with the basketball. When he's going for his layup, his layup package is like undeniable. Mm-hmm. His handles are undeniable. Um, so I'm gonna go and start with Steph Curry, right? Yeah. Steph Curry is some guy is the one guy we know currently. You know, who everything he does is a tough shot. Yes, it's yes. There might be a little bit more flopping involved, and I think so at some point. But there's not one shot where he doesn't have he doesn't have to run a track meet. While somebody chased behind him <laughs> to get a shot that he fall ends up hitting while falling yeah. out of bounds, yeah. it's like nothing you can do about it. Yeah, Kobe, another one. How many highlights or games have we seen where the ball is in Kobe's hands and there he has two defenders on him, yeah. and he knocks down the shot with two hands in his face? Like eh, you're not even there. I see over you. What? 
this it comes the ability to make these tough shots makes the game easier for everybody yeah. else because mm-hmm. it's exactly what you said. It gives it puts fear in the defense that they either feel that there is nothing they can do, no matter what they do, there's mm-hmm. nothing to stop that, or they feel that if that as long as we can stop everybody, like we know you gonna get off, but if we can stop everybody else, we can still win this game. They have two choices at that point. Yeah, and that's where this factors in so much. <clears throat> The Steph Curry's. I mean, like I just said previously, but the last one, the LeBron. Like the fact that LeBron, when he drives the basketball, that there's absolutely nothing you can do about that, mm-hmm. and that every time he goes up, you're fouling him, and you still like, "Dag, I pulled his arm down and it didn't even move." <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he yeah. still was able to make the layup. That makes the game easier for everybody else, and then that's where the passing, the trust of the teammates step in. Mm-hmm. Right now, we now we can put. We can take the, the the components we already talked about and put them all together now, right? Scoring, yeah. passing, and I mean, no, yeah, <clears throat> scoring, passing, and mindset. So, the scoring part makes the game easier for your teammates, right? The fact that you built the trust with your passing lets them know that even in those moments, you trust me enough to take that shot, and that's where mm-hmm. it comes into the mindset because now you know the psychology, the psychology of your teammates and of the game of basketball which can in turn make you a great player because you understand that as long as I keep doing what I'm doing, Steph Curry making these ridiculous threes, falling out of bounds, shooting from the volleyball line, LeBron James driving to the basket at such a at such a rate that you like, tag, like I can't do nothing about it. It's either I get in here, take this charge, and go to the hospital, or I let him dunk on me pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. When you have those type when you and then you factor that in, that makes makes a great player great because they understand these components they understand that if i'm great at one thing it makes every it makes the team better and it still and grows the trust of the team which then in turn equates to winning yeah i agree i feel like that was a really good 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 breakdown right there all right are you ready to talk about uh next thing up on the list is defense defending oh yeah that's a big one okay yeah see a guy who is a good example of this is Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic may be an offensive nuclear weapon waiting to explode, but he get exposed on defense all the time. All the time. Switches, we saw in the Golden State Warriors, they were attacking him when they were on offense, and they were making him work, and they were exposing his lack of defense. See, if you're not at least an average defender in the NBA like Steph Curry is, where Steph Curry is an average defender, he might get switched because he's smaller, right? But he is at least an average defender in the NBA, where it's not like so ridiculously bad like Luka, where he's going to get exposed. Look at James Harden. Mm-hmm. James Harden used to get chased. Chased. They were running after him. Please guard me when you're on defense, <laughs> okay? <laughs> right? They were. It was an issue. It was a real problem until like maybe three years ago. Like early on in the Houston Rockets career, it was he was chilling on defense, you know, picking his nose and blowing bubbles. I don't know, but he was really, really chilling. Um, yeah. You know, and effort's a part of that. And there are different tiers of defense, but you have to understand that the great, great, great defenders give extreme advantages because a guy like Draymond Green, uh, hello. They don't have any, uh, I mean, other than Clay Thompson for a while, but right now they don't have any other all-NBA defender on that team. 
Like, you can't even make an argument with me about that. Like, it's not even close. Like, Wiggins might be a top five, top six small forward defender, but he's not top two, which is all NBA, or top three, if you want to consider three three defensive team defensive team and you know whatever you want to uh you know that's beside the point but draymond green draymond green's defensive value allows a team to have players like steph Curry and the team that might be average defenders they've never had a great defender at the center position that's just ridiculous like kevon louis not a great defender at the rim he's a very okay one but he's not overly dominant that andrew bogut he wasn't a great defender at the rim Right, great individual defenders allow you to not have to overplay your hand and overseek for great defenders like that to equate to winning on your team. Right, they really impact winning. Draymond Green's is a great example of that. Scottie Pippen, dear goodness, Scottie Pippen is the greatest small forward defender of all time, and that team mj and scotty is a great example of if you put two of these guys that are ridiculously special together we can be tar <laughs> like look look we're, we're shut down everybody okay because of a great defender finds another great defender now we're talking look at Giannis. Giannis was the greatest defender on those bucks teams for the past six eight years but they didn't become a great defense until they added Drew Holiday. Now they have two defenders together, and now it's like, whoa, this defense is tough. What are we going to do? Like, you have to be able to equate defense. Great defensive players may not be as important as passing, may not be as important as averaging 28 a game, but it really allows the team to be creative with their defensive schemes, to get creative with the way they build teams. And it really allows the team to really just have something that can stop other players, to really work, wear down other players. Having a great defender on your team allows you to be more versatile. And it really, the defense has led to winning and a, at least a little bit for a very long time. Offense is more important now, but defense still really matters. I mean, it, this during an NBA Finals, we got to see that with the Boston Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors and the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, all these teams have great defenders and you know it really increases the value like a guy that in my opinion rose astronomically in value because of his defense is jason tatum i view jason tatum completely differently now because what he does defensively you like he is a completely different tier before that it was like 15 to 20 now it's like top 10 like he's really knocking on the door like what he does on both ends is ridiculous like that you have to really these this really adds to your versatility as a player because having a really bad defender be a great like mellow having a really terrible defender as your greatest scorer really lessens how great i view you because if you get you just get hunted what's the point of getting buckets on one end if you're giving up buckets on the other end like how valuable are you really Right. So, you know, it's it's about not being a super weak link like Steph. Like I can't view Steph. If Steph was a terrible defender, I would not view him in the way I do. But he is, you know, magic. Magic had issues defensively because he wasn't a great lateral athlete. But, you know, he still put in effort. He was still an average defender. Right. Luca. Luca's a great example of somebody right now that has issues defensively and gets exposed night in, night out. And, you know, 
you know, it's great guys like LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Hakeem Olajuwon. And defenses kind of change as well because now it's about switchability. Draymond Green is extremely valuable because he guards one through five, and we're trying to get switches. And LeBron was extremely valuable because switches used to be in the 60s, 70s, 80s. It was about great center defenders because everybody's trying to get at the rim. Uh, shooting guards are posting. Like, I'm not kidding. If you watch the 70s, some shooting guards are posting. I'm talking about on the block posting. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, everything was built around trying to get efficient looks at the basket. So. You know, because of that, it's about, oh, we have to have great defensive centers. Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Hakeem Olajuwon, Dave Robinson. Hakeem Olajuwon averaged like 4.4 blocks a game for a few years. So did Dave Robinson. They had a ridiculous run in the 90s where these guys are just impacting games because of interior defense. So, you know, the value and the players that have been valuable has changed with the game. But... You know, you have to really understand and equate somebody's defensive value to how valuable they are in the game of basketball. Because a guy like Larry Bird, you know, if he was a great defender, we'd be talking top five all time. Like, it would be like, if he was Scottie Pippen on defense, we'd be like, what does he not do? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But, you know, the reason why Scott, some people, you can make an argument for Larry Bird not being as great as he would be because what he does offensively is his slow feet. You know, he tries on defense, but, you know, Slow feet don't eat. He just has slow feet, has issues. He, but he was an average defender because of effort. So it's not an overly negative. You know what I mean? So there's differing variables on defense, but you know you have to really factor it in when you try to equate how great somebody is. Mm. And I, also one thing I do want to say is that when you're a great defender, it makes offense easier. Mm. Um, <clears throat> because you know that you're going to get more chances. Like, look at Kawhi and Paul George. Or just, let's just, let's not look at them together. Let's, let's just look at Kawhi. Kawhi, you know, he's built to defend. Portman gets paid, right? Blocking shots, being mm -hmm. a menace on, on the on the defensive end, guarding somebody. He, he knows he's going to get multiple chances to score because he has, he, he's able, he has quick hands, quick feet, so he can get the ball out and go down the other way, and he's scoring. Mm -hmm. Those are qualities that you know great defenders have. Look at Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman may not have scored more than ten points ever. I'm glad you brought him. But up. greatest defender we've probably ever seen, or He's probably have be never there. seen, He's because be some of us there. have not seen Dennis Rodman play. You know what I mean? We may have only Top seen the highlights. He's, he's a, I mean, like that's just pure effort. I mean, he's all over the place, diving for loose yes. balls. You can't get nothing. You can't get mm -hmm. nothing. He's blocking shots, and it just makes everything easier. That's one less thing that you have to worry about. Yeah. On the, you know, when you're on a basketball court, not saying that you don't have to defend because you have a great defender, but that's just one less thing. Because you know, think about this for example. You mentioned that you know in the older days, you know, we really put a lot of emphasis on the center defender. Yeah. Right. Defending the basket because everybody's really close. If you didn't have a Wilt or a Bill Russell down there, then the other team's going to run through you. Yeah. They can't. You can't do nothing about that. But the fact that you have such a dominating, menacing, you know, person down there at the block, you know what I mean? Force. I'm going to say force. I want to say that, not person. Yeah. Force. Defensive force down there. They everything that goes up is coming back towards you. Yeah. You. After a while, you're like, Dad, what can I do? Mm -hmm. That's what makes Bill Russell so great because he only, he he was a great shot blocker, great defender, but he also had the mindset and yeah. the 
basketball IQ enough to go, hey, listen, I'm able to get up here because I have such long arms and I can grab this ball while I'm in the air. Let me just block it to our teammate. We go the other way, fast break. That's why they called it the Boston because they were so great at running fast breaks because of mm. the defensive prowess of Bill Russell on the other end that allowed these, these fast breaks to be possible. If yeah. you can't get inside and everything goes up, is blocked, or it's yeah. rebounded, then you can't do anything about it. Mm. Defense is important when you talk about the great players or just the great defenders, period, is because yeah. that makes the game easier. Mm -hmm. If you know that you have somebody down there who's going to either A, block, be a menace, foul, or rebound at such a high level, then there's nothing you, There's nothing that the offense can do. They have, to, they have, they have five plus, like, a big one that they have to they have to defend up with. They have to, they have to worry about. It's yeah. it's different. And then where it gets even more special, right? Is when you have a player like LeBron, Jordan, Kobe, who can also put pressure on the ball on both sides of the floor. Yep. Mm -hmm. When the ball is in these guys' hands, you know it's gonna be a problem for you. You have a long night defensively. Yep. But then you also know that when you have the ball you have to worry about them as well. So mm -hmm. it's like you don't have a night off. It makes the game easier for everybody, but the game harder for the for the other team because you have to, they 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 have a long night. When you have mm -hmm. the game plan around, okay, wait, we have to figure out how we're gonna get past this guy defensively, and we have to figure out how we're gonna stop him offensively. That, uh, that's nerve wracking. That's you got to worry about somebody for forty eight minutes of a game where that's just like on both sides, both sides. Yep. Yeah. You have to worry about it for 48 minutes of the game for on both sides. Yeah. As it becomes nerve-wracking. It, mm -hmm. it, it can actually, like, mentally collapse a team. If you yeah. like, dang, I can't stop him over here. I gotta, I can't stop him. And he gonna stop me over here every time I go up. Think about this, for example. When LeBron was a couple years, couple years, you know, back, you know what I mean? Maybe, like, year 16, 15, when he was chasing everybody down, you don't think that put a strain on deep on offenses? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When he literally was like, I'm like, he's not even trying on defense, and he would do it on purpose just so he could chase you down. Yeah. That's yep. demoralizing. Chase down blocks is LeBron James's crescendo. NBA Finals, <laughs> Iguodala, Jared Smith cuts him off. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> Man, great it's, moments. It's like, yo, this, look, he, he makes everything. If you, we have to worry about that, you think, like, oh, man, he's not even trying on defense. And then he was letting you go by purposely so he could chase you down. You know what that does for the crowd, for the team, and for the opposing team? That demoralizes, mm -hmm. lifts your team up because you're like, no matter if he gets by me or not, we have LeBron. Yeah. No matter if he gets by me or not, we have Mike. No matter yeah. if we get past, if he gets past me or not, we have AD a couple years ago. No yeah. matter if he gets past me or not. Giannis. We have Kobe. No matter if he gets past me or not, we have Shaq. <laughs> Wilt. Yeah. Bill Russell. Yep. No matter if these guys get past me, I'm not going to be demoralized by it. I'm not going to feel bad because we got these guys right now mm -hmm. waiting in the wing. And they're striking fear defensively and offensively into the team. Yeah, it's true. Basketball is more mental than we think it is. Mm-hmm. You could be a great player, great scorer, but it's mental. Great defenders do you... strike fear into offensive players. Yes. Yeah. 
and great scorers strike fear into defensive players. Yeah. It's True. psychological. It's all mental. It's a mental game. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Is there anything you want to talk about before we kick it to rebounding? And then we'll talk about okay. some other things. I some. Okay, so the rebounding is probably not going to take as long because, you know, it's it's lost its value as, you know, when the modern NBA, most more people shoot threes. When you shoot threes, naturally, rebounds come off the rim a little farther out when you're shooting like in the post and it bounces off with less force so you know great rebounders are a little more va- less valuable now because of the the different ways the ball can come off the rim that's why you see a lot of guards had now have russell westbrook with 10 rebounds because everything is coming off the rim differently um but you know especially with earlier days in basketball rebounds were really really important because one they weren't as efficient at scoring the basketball so second chance opportunities were extremely important and it was about controlling the pace of the game and it was about you know once you miss once oh my gosh that guy's near the rim we're never gonna get this ball back that that, that's real fear and somebody that really epitomizes the value of rebounding and his in his era i think is a little underrated it's most malone most malone's the greatest rebounder of all time and some people say dennis rodman i don't want to hear it Okay, the man would average like 15, 16 rebounds a game. Like, you have to watch it, and then you understand it. He just had some magical connection with the reap the ball when it was coming out the rim like he was dating it it's just it's like it's like some sort of mental ridiculousness that dennis rodman's could do but it's just moses was greater at it where moses won the mvp right when he was sent the 76ers won the championship of the 81 or 82 or something like that where he was the best putter on the team better than dr j he was dominant his ability to put put force on the game through rebounding was ridiculous because he was able to dominate the game. Oh, we missed. Okay, we're not going to get back. Oh, we had a great possession. We were playing great defense. Ah, oh, crap. Moses Mullins at the rim. He's good to get this rebound. Right? It has real value for people who did it at an extremely high level earlier in basketball. Now, Moses Malone might not be as valuable now because the ball is coming off the rim in different ways, like I explained. Uh, but pre-2010, this is really valuable. Dennis Rodman, ridiculous at it. Really valuable at it. Tim Duncan, power forwards in the seven, you know, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett were great rebounders. You know, you have to elevate how much you view them. And, you know, the people who can do everything in the game of basketball and have no weaknesses usually are good rebounders as well. Um, so, you know, Giannis is a great rebounder right now as well, too. So, you know, it's it doesn't have as much value as defense as... Well, in the 70s, 80s, it had more, more value than defense. But... You know, now that we're talking about it's it's an intricate thing, so I want to see what you think about it. I would say it still holds up to the same amount of value. Um, really? Because you know, like, <clears throat> like today, I would. I would. Okay. I would. Even though we shoot longer, even though you know, it, but still, it's getting control of the ball. That's a turnover. That's demoralizing, especially if you have already like six turnovers and you you just a point away. You get somebody gets the rebound, the whole game shifts. Um, you know what I mean? You can slow the tempo down. Okay, we got one shot. You know what I mean? We get to try this. You know what I mean? Rebounding becomes really important, especially in those clutch moments. And even during, like, may not be, like, completely all throughout the game. But mm-hmm. if you're down and you're, like, uh, you know, like, one rebound can change the whole tide of a game. And, you know, either way it goes. 
we've seen yeah. this many times. You know what I mean? Like you've been down, you give it to your star, the guy shoots, he misses, rebound. Uh, the quiet, the crowd's quiet now. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what to do now. Uh, we're about to lose. It's five, four, three. Oh, we lost the game. You know what I mean? It can mm-hmm. do. It can go that way. Yeah. Um. Because, because what the rebound does is, and what basketball is, basketball has is and always will be a game of runs. Mm-hmm. Rebounding allows those runs to start. Mm-hmm. Defensively, you know, what I mean, you lock down, you grab the rebound. Okay, we're on our way. Fast mm-hmm. break, or we're slowing it down. More than likely, you're going on the fast break. What you do then, from there on, you have choices. You have layup, you have mid range, you have three point. Whatever side it goes from there, that all starts because of the rebound. And then it comes yeah. back the other way. And then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, we can do this again. Let's stop yeah. them, get the rebound. Boom. Now we're on a run. Now we're on 8 0 run, 12 0 run, 16 0 run, 20 0 run. The game, basketball becomes a game of runs because of how important the rebound is. If, if rebounds wasn't important, then it would just be, it will always just be a one sided game. It will always just be a one sided game if rebounds weren't important. Because nobody will ever have, because it would be like nobody would ever be trying to get the ball. There would never be this demoralizing feeling of like, oh man, they missed it, but they got it back. They get a second chance. The rebounding gives the, you know what I mean? It basically turns the ball over. Mm. That's what it's called. It's called a turnover. Rebounding yeah. turns the ball over and gives the other team a chance to score. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important still. Okay. okay. I feel like that's a good argument. I feel like it's definitely doing a good job to try to explain to these listeners why, you know, all these type of things go into the equation of greatness. And... You know, since we've talked about, you know, the main factors that go into the equation of greatness, the reasons why it's so important for you guys to understand these things is people who do not understand basketball and can't explain basketball to that extent will always use rings and stats to explain the game of basketball. True shooting percentage, efficient field goal percentage, these things has allowed trying to get the game of basketball into one statistic, the value of a player, has allowed people to become a little more dulled at their understanding of the game of basketball because they don't think about it, right? Oh, I see the stats. Oh, I'm reading about my players, right? I see the stats. Okay, 10 seconds. Okay, I understand how good of a player is. No, you can't. You can't ever put down basketball into one statistic. You just can't. You never will be able to. Ever. I don't care what somebody's field goal percentage was in 1980. You can't understand how great of a player he was based based upon that. You can't mm-hmm. tell by the amount of points somebody scores. You know what I mean? Like Karl Malone's a top five all-time scorer, but we never talk about Karl Malone being a top five all-time player. Why? Because he is a great player, yes, but he's not top five. You know what I mean? Like in rings, people who do not know basketball, when you ask them to debate a player, they will bring up rings first. Skip. <laughs> exactly. MJ has six rings, six for six. Woo! I know basketball. I know basketball. I probably can't describe why Michael Jordan's so great, but you know what I mean? I know basketball. You know what I mean? It would be a great questionnaire. If I said, okay, MJ's your favorite player, right? Okay, then what his is his top signature move? 
and they don't say fade away, I don't trust you. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Like, I would love, love, love to mess with people who really think they're like, oh, yeah, I know basketball, blah, 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 blah. Oh, he doesn't have rings? Rings to find a player? I don't care if he doesn't have rings, rings, rings. The point of this podcast is to broaden your mind a little bit to make your own decisions to really learn really how why certain players are more valuable than other players you have to really understand these things just like the kobe lovers uh, kobe's not top five all time i'm sorry to break it to you from these things that we talked about today you should understand why right okay but okay this is a great explanation of why lebron james is the greatest basketball player of all time because, yes, MJ is a great athletic dominance. Yes, MJ can score the lights out of the basketball. Yes, they're both amazing defenders. But MJ has weaknesses. Can't shoot the three-point shot very well. And doesn't uplift his teammates. So, LeBron James is a great scorer. Is he as great as Michael Jordan? No. But if, let's say 2K ratings, Michael Jordan's a 99 scoring. LeBron James is a 95. Let's say defensively, Michael Jordan's a 99, LeBron's a 98. Let's say passing-wise, MJ's a 78, 76, 77, LeBron James is a 98. That should make things simple for you because he's elevating everybody else around him, making everything easier for everybody else, and it's never going to go in the stat sheet. His scoring, plus his passing, plus his rebounding, Plus, his defending makes him the greater player because he's complete. He does everything, everything at an extremely high level. And his ability to pass the basketball so ridiculously well with his scoring ability combines into a player that is more valuable than a guy who's a little better score because it just creates the more impact on the game of basketball. You have to be able to understand that because if you don't, because it's more complicated than just rings. Yeah, he had, he went six for six, but he had the, one of the greatest coaches of all time. He had the greatest small forward in the, those, those six year time frame, which is Scottie Pippen, right? And he had a great defensive team that complimented him and an offense that was before its time. And it was um, different than anybody else was doing in the triangle. Those things impacted why he won, right? Bill Russell having the Olympic team around him impacted why he won, right? It's more complex than just rings when we're trying to determine who is the better player. Another example of this is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is somebody that you need to look at and say, man can score everything. Man's a pretty solid defender, but his lack of passing is gets exposed against the Boston Celtics. And when he doesn't have a top 10 all-time point guard with him on his team, I'm talking about Kyrie, Steph Curry, and Russell Westbrook. He looks easy to expose because he has weaknesses in his game that makes his team worse than it would be if he was just at least average or above average or good at that. Makes him less great. And somebody that today is not widely accepted as the number one player in the league is Giannis Antetokounmpo. There are still debates about this. There are still people talking about why Giannis is not number one. Why Jokic? Why Embiid? Why KD? Why LeBron? It should be Giannis by a gazillion miles right now. This is Giannis's league. 
Because yes, he does, does score three point shots. Yeah, it's not that super fancy, but the man ability to one be so physically dominant and put so much force at the rim and everything's a tough shot and his athletic greatness is so dominant that makes everything easier for everybody else and you know what he does on top of that he passes the lights out of the basketball you want to run complex defenses the throw three years ago when the miami heat were running the defense where they were just stopping him at the rim and exposed him he's grown since then and his passing ability is elite he improves his teammates to an extremely high level. And he does it on the other end as well. He's a top three defender in the league. Ridiculous. Rebounds the basketball. It should be him by a million miles because his impact on basketball is so much more grander than anything else. You should have Magic Johnson really high because he impacts basketball on an extremely high level. You should understand that Shaq's ridiculous and Shaq should be in, insanely highly rated because what he did physical dominance-wise. It's why Wilt is better than Bill Russell. Bill Russell is a great defender, yes. Does he have great mind? Yeah. But he can score more than 20 points a game, so there's a limitation on how great he really is. Because if he doesn't have a team around him that has all these great, highly skilled players... That he doesn't have those rings, right? Wilt's dominance, Wilt's physical dominance, Wilt's passing, Wilt's Wilt led the league in the passing one year, then assist one year. Like you have to factor in all those things to understand why Wilt is so great. See, this should allow you to broaden your mind to understand why some players are better than others and why this really matters. This podcast really matters because you guys will learn to interpret what players are really better than what other players like Nikola Jokic is ridiculous right now Nikola Jokic is a great passer great scorer he might not be physically gifted athletically but what he does elevates his teammates and is so amazing right it's just there are certain players that when we talk about all time sometimes the great scores get overrated a little bit like a guy like Kobe you need to move him down the list, be a little less biased to what you've seen recently, and expand your mind to understand why players like Larry Bird, Magic, LeBron should be ahead of him. There are it, There is a correct way to view basketball, and the reason why is because you should analyze what wins championships and what players really impact basketball by understanding who's won ranks. Understand why passing is more important because every team that wins rings are good at passing. They're usually good at defending. They usually have one guy that's ridiculously hard to stop. That's why they win, right? Those yeah. type of things should go into greatness, and you should be able to see through rings, see through stats, see through five seconds looking into the stat sheet and those stupid efficiency models that I hate so much, it bugs the poo out of me. Because, you know, oh, I Jokic won MVP this year because he was, you know, efficiency models really, really like him. Like, you have to understand that things are more complicated than that. And yeah. the po- this is the point of this podcast. I just want to go into real quick um, the reason why we have this, I would say, thought, right, is because of basketball media. They have put such an emphasis on rings and have mm-hmm. equated those, it's equated a team accolade and made it an individual accolade when it's not. 
Yeah. That's why you have players who leave teams now, and you're like, I wish it was like the '90s. Yeah. You know those guys. I wish it was like the '80s. Everybody stayed with the same team. The reason why you have that is because of basketball media. Basketball media has put such an emphasis on rings that now if you don't have a ring, no matter what gifts you possess and how great you are on the basketball court, you will never be great in their eyes until you win. LeBron, a great basketball player, right? There was times where Stephen A came on on the show and was like, what have you done? Win something for once. Win. His greatness is spewing. It's leaking. Great. Mm -hmm. Greatness on the basketball court greatness off the court and you just like win something i mean like yay of course you know you want to reach the pinnacle you want to win a championship but that's a team accolade you can't go well lebron lost his game the Cavs lost that game you can't go you know what i mean you can't go the miami you can't go well lebron lost the game for the miami heat because he had a meltdown it's a team game yeah one player does have an impact. You know what I mean? When your star player doesn't quite step up, it can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But it's a team sport, a team accolade. MVP, even though it's very skewed in how they view it, and there might be some voter fatigue, and you're like, I don't really like this guy, so I'm not going to vote for him, but I like this guy, and so I'm going to vote for him. Because of, that's the, that's an individual accolade. MVPs mm-hmm. are earned. Yeah. Scoring titles are earned. Yeah. Assist records are earned. Those are individual accolades. That's not something that a team does together. I mean, well, in a sense, yeah, because when it comes to passing, you know, the fact that assists only happens when the person scores. Yeah. So it is a little, that's a little bit more of a team thing. But you, it's still an individual. It's the individual who passes the ball, not the individual who scores the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think one sad thing about, you know, the current state of NBA fans is, you know, we grew up in a highlight culture. I love watching highlights like everybody else. Steph Curry's highlights, insane. Oh, my gosh, he's hitting this ridiculous shot. Oh, my gosh, LeBron James dunked on, jumped over that guy. That's insane. This Carter's got great highlights where he's dunking over that guy. That's insane. I challenge you to watch Steph Curry for 24 seconds on a shot clock. See, look at the way he manipulates defense and look at the way things are done much more than just the shot, much more than just him hitting a three-point shot. Look at the way the defense has to move and, you know, the way it impacts it and the way the defense has to overplay and overstep to step stuff. Because once he passes the ball, he's running around, right? He's running around screens. He's being active. So the defense has to overplay and just chase him around. Their eyes are on him. And then that's why you see a bunch of backdoor cuts by Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins because the defense and their eyes are on him. Right, manipulation of defense is completely underrated on how you evaluate a player. Because once you understand the way somebody manipulates defense, then you can understand that there is more impactful things than just somebody scoring. Because of somebody's gifts, ability to make manipulate defenses. That's why when some people, why a lot of people from our our era, who are highlight watchers and don't really understand 
the depths of basketball, we'll see Michael Jordan be like, well, that guy does ridiculous things and he scores on everybody and his highlights are insane. So why wouldn't I understand why the debate of a guy like LeBron James should be better than him? Because you may not understand that pass that he makes to the corner, right? Who's wide open at the three-point line because he just manipulated the defense. I may not understand how valuable that is and how that happened, right? But that's the point of this podcast. It's to broaden your mind to really understand that there is more to basketball than just scoring. There's more to basketball than what goes onto a stat sheet. And when you equate greatness, you have to put these things into perspective. And once you really, I, I challenge, and you, all it takes is 24 seconds of watching Steph because he'll manipulate a defense even if he doesn't score. And then you'll understand and you'll see for yourself that, oh, there's more to basketball than I thought, right? And I feel like that's the point of this podcast, man. It's 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 about learning and growing. And then you can guys can, can understand why we have some extreme takes of like why we have Wilt so high because the man manipulates defenses on an extremely high level. Why we have some guys that you might think, oh, those are ridiculous takes. Like, no, we've researched these things. We really understand basketball to a high degree. And, you know, this is, this is, I mean, we're all, this is, this is, this podcast will always be a journey of learning more about basketball, right? I'm sure we're going to, next year, we're going to know more basketball and even have a more deeper understanding. You know what I mean? And it's, it's about helping you guys learn these things and joining the 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 team of trying to understand why basketball is just so much more complex than the highlights, so much more complex than the stats, and that's what this is about, man. Just you know, this is what's about. Yeah, just going on the journey and learning. You know, yeah. make it a learning journey because yeah, when you take all the things we've talked about today you know the scoring the rebounding the mindset the defense you mix all that together you get a great player when you have players who do that at a high level you have greatness great players have a way even if they're not the best at it they have the way of extracting and getting the best out of everybody around Mm -hmm. them getting the best out of the opposition they have they have a way of doing these things of like of really just leading to a winning culture. Yep. Where they are. Yeah. So, that's just what it is, man. That's the equation of greatness, you know. Yeah. And you have anything else you want to talk about? No, man. I feel like this is this was a really good podcast. This was a really good idea. I had a feeling it was going to work out like this. So, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed the content. Yeah, man. Sure. All right, man. So this is the end. Um, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.